You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen But do you recall The most famous reindeer of all Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer Had a very shiny nose And if you ever saw it You would even say it glows All of the other reindeer Used to laugh and call him names They never let poor Rudolph Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we got to talk about some cuts. The Giants are starting to clear some cap space. They cut Kyle Rudolph and Devontae Booker. More stuff is on the way. And we got a little combine roundup. Um, no, not really. I know. Just trying to trigger Justin. Uh, kind of frustrated. That maybe the combine schedule was this way last time. And I just forgot. But I, I wish that we had seen more combine stuff. It's been two years, so, you know, they didn't have the Combine last year, and then, you know, it was right before all the Corolla stuff started. Hi, Bobby Skinner. This is the first time in Talking Giants history, might be the first time in, like, my podcasting history, that I am currently watching you, listening to you, but I'm also watching the Combine, because right now, the second group of QBs are running their 40 Malik Willis, the one that I'm most enticed by not being one of them, but I really want to see him throw, um, even though how much does it mean? I don't know. Um, NFL Network also had a really, really funny shot, like zooming in on Kenny Pickett's hands. You know, with them Got little baby eight, hands. Eight and a half inches, and I started hysterically, hysterically laughing before we recorded this. Hey, hey, producer, get a, get a zoom and shot on his hands. I'm good. This is not a combine roundup, even though you promoted this episode the entire week as it being a combine roundup. I guess that'll be Tuesday. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, we're we're kind of in this weird part of this offseason where it's like the only news is going to be getting rid of guys. So it's saying goodbye to players. Some are very good riddance. Some are tough decisions. And some are m- moves you want to see happen, even though, you know, it's going to suck. Like, I know we talked a lot about the Saquon uh, trade possibility on the last podcast, but it's like, it is going to suck to see Saquon. I know some other people, like, hate him because of where he was drafted. Like, there is fans who just do not like Saquon Barkley at all. But it's like, it does suck that, like, we're going to trade Saquon for really not a great return, or or maybe won't, um, a player who could have been really great. You know, regardless of his position, injuries have held held him back. Um, you know, so it, it's that weird type of the season, and we'll we'll talk about Shep possibly taking a pay cut. Even though the more I think about, it, the less I think it's likely. Uh, before we get into all that stuff, Kyle Rudolph, Devontae Booker. This episode was brought to you by Gabriel Gabriel. It's Gabriel, not Gabriel Garcia. Jake Flurry. Do they still have the McFlurry at McDonald's? I don't know. I know Shamrock Shakes are back. Don't know how long, though. Get them. I didn't even know that was a thing. And then we got Penn, Penn Pew Morgan. It's a, it's a two-last-names lawyer type guy, Ben Pew Morgan. Mm-hmm. Who are these people, Justin? All these wonderful people went to patreon.com slash Giants. Two hours a month plus some of the tiers. You get to hang out with us live. I gave a John Boy Media behind BTS, behind-the-scenes nugget. Before we went live, not really a big nugget, but we sometimes do that to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, hang out with us, watch the show live. Bobby will send you some stickers and magnets in the mail. 
And do you get, what else? Uh, two times a month shirt raffle. Or if I already said that. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. The show is also brought to you by Rutgers and Bull Melton. Is that that guy's name? The wide receiver? Yes, that's his, that's his name. That dropped a lot of balls at the Senior Bowl? In the rain. The Giants have saved $7.4 million in cap space. They still have five more mil. They have to go just to start free agency because they have to, you know, the fifty, the top 51 rule where you have to be under the cap. But it started with the big one, which is Kyle Rudolph, who was thir- 32 years old. Justin signed a two-year $12 million deal, saves five mil uh, with $2.4 million in dead cap. This, this probably is the most frustrating signing of last offseason you know like like Kenny Galladay I think that contract can still be defended uh Adore Jackson was a really good signing there's some other ones that are questionable like the Devontae Booker one's questionable but you're not losing your mind over the Devontae Booker one no. this one just never made sense and it's not even just because of him performing so badly like even if Kyle Rudolph played a little better than what he did like this one never made sense because they never moved off Evan Ingram you know, Evan Ingram, who had career lows in yards per catch and yards per game this season, you know, who like people like he like Evan Ingram had a bad year, but because he didn't drop a lot of passes, he kind of doesn't it doesn't get noticed. Uh, but he had a bad season. And as soon as we signed Kyle Rudolph, Justin, what were our conversation on this podcast? Like they got to be moving off Kyle or Evan Ingram, right? Yep. Like it, it doesn't make sense. Not Especially be- for the price tag, by the way. You know, it was OK. You, you bring in Kyle Rudolph. Sure, you know, he, he can be a, a tight end, too, that is really serviceable, and you have Caden Smith in here. The Giants do like to run, you know, a lot of that 13 personnel. They also still had the Vine Toy Lolo at the time, who they restructured That's to keep on the team, which is part of the, the head-scratching situation. So you look at that headline on the surface, especially Kyle Rudolph, plus side of 30, if I'm correct, what, he caught one touchdown pass in 2020. He became a tight end, too, with the Minnesota Vikings, with kind of Irv Smith taking over a little bit more. So, okay, bringing Kyle Rudolph, it, it's not a necessity for the Giants, but then you look at the price tag, and that's where it's like, oh, not great. <laughs> yeah, it just it never made sense financially, given the guaranteed money, the, him having the foot injury before the contract, you know, them figuring out, like, they found out, like, oh, we're gonna, you're going to have to have surgery, like, this needs surgery. And they're like, no, we're not going to change a single thing about your contract. Not a single thing was changed about that contract because we're the New York Giants and we do things with class. Well, guess what? We're cutting them a year later with class. Did things with class, yet you have guys like, you know, Scott Simonson saying they screwed me over with this injury and that injury. I get it. It's a difference between being the 53rd guy on the roster and a $10 million player. But still, if you want to say that you're going to do things with class, then be about it all the time. Kyle Rudolph played a lot of snaps, and he was a good blocker. I'll give him credit for that, at least. Yeehaw. But 2019, Caden Smith averaged 14 more yards per game as a rookie waiver claim. Like, it was added, like, at, you know, in season, Caden Smith, or, or like, right before the season started, Caden Smith averaged 14 more yards per game. Oh, but, well, guess what? In two of those games, Caden Smith played a combined 13 snaps. So, in games he started, he averaged 30 more yards per game. 30 more yards per game after out of a rookie waiver claim in games that he started. You kept Evan Ingram. You And, again, you restructured Levine Toilolo to give him guaranteed money, and he played less than Caden Smith. So, you like, going into the season, forget Levine Toilolo's injury, your four-string tight end ha- was given guaranteed money when you didn't have to give him a single penny. You didn't have to give him a single penny, but they took the pay cut to give him their guaranteed money, and they didn't 
Like you, they weren't never going to use him. If this, if this tight end group stayed healthy, Levine Tarlolo would have gotten no snaps. He would have been the four string tight end. He's not a better blocker than Kyle Rudolph. Uh, he's a slightly better inline blocker than Caden Smith, but he can't be used in that uh, H-back role to be a lead blocker the way Caden Smith is. He added no, nothing as a receiver. It was just so weird. And again, as soon as they signed Kyle Rudolph, all our conversations weren't, they weren't necessarily like, oh, I hate Kyle Rudolph, I hate Kyle Rudolph. It was like, well, they got to trade Evan Ingram because it doesn't make sense with the way they've done things to not trade Evan Ingram. And again, Ingram going into a contract year, coming off of a horrible season, like he's probably not going to get resigned anyways with this Giants team. Like, like it was like, okay, it makes sense to trade Evan Ingram. Like this is this is a way to trade Evan Ingram. And, and again, you couldn't have predicted how bad Kyle Rudolph was going to be this year because he added nothing as a receiver besides you know when they don't cover him in a zone. Uh, but like, it's just this signing frustrated me so much in the moment. And and I thought Kyle Rudolph should have started over Nevingham to start the season, by the way. Who was the better tight end this year and who was more valuable to the team? Kyle Rudolph or Evan Ingram this year? I actually think this is a fair question. You you could make the argument for Kyle Rudolph because he was used a lot as a blocker. Like that Saints game, Kyle Rudolph was a key part of that as a blocker in that game. But the, end, but the thing is, is Evan, like Evan Ingram had that Raiders touchdown, which was really nice. Evan Ingram was like needed in some games when guys were down and he just didn't do much. Yeah. You know? Like outside of that Evan, that touchdown versus the Raiders, do you what what other Evan Ingram play was like, oh, that was clutch? Nothing. There was. There was nothing. You know, and this wasn't simply just like the bad QBs playing at the end of the year. Like it was the same in that. You know, like the best game you could say was against the Panthers, but that those were all like bootleg uh block and releases where no one's covering him, you know? So it was like, yeah. Congrats for catching those and running forward. But Kyle Rudolph does that too. Uh, you're going to get a couple more yards because you're faster than him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was an all, all out bad year for the tight end room. Who had the longest offensive play this year for the New York Football Giants? We talked about this in our tight end review, so I know it was Kyle Rudolph versus the Chargers. Yes. Yes. 60 yards. Wasn't Kyle Rudolph wasn't used in the end zone? Like his one touchdown was a touchdown that anyone could catch. No one was used in the end zone in the red zone. (laughs) That's fair. Part of that is Daniel Jones not being able to throw a fade. Um, But also, a fade's a bad play. We've been down that road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it just was a frustrating signing from the start. Yeah, the way that I summarize it quickly, then we'll move to you know the other guy misallocation of resources. I think that's almost one of the best ways to nicely summarize Dave Gettleman's tenure is misallocation of resources. 2018, you take Saquon number two. Um, you're paying a backup tight end, you know, more than $10 million. You know, you, you pay Jonathan Stewart. What was that? Something just beeped. Um, you signed Patrick Omame to three years, a player that was not very good even when he was with the Jaguars. Um, player that probably only deserved a one- or two-year deal if that's the best-case scenario. So misallocation of resources. And I would say the Kyle Rudolph signing was Dave Gutterman's last stamp of that saying. Well, and, you know, when when we lost Alvin Tomlinson, a lot of people point as, at the Adoria Jackson signing, but I don't. I point at the Kyle Rudolph signing. You know, now obviously the money doesn't match even, but you don't sign Kyle Rudolph. Maybe you get a cheaper running back than Devontae Booker. Maybe Kevin Zeitler can stay. Now, I know Kevin Zeitler wasn't exactly thrilled to be a giant, and I know he took a step back in 2020, but for everybody that was upset about letting Kevin Zeitler go, I mean, 
<laughs> like, like I said, everybody points to a Dory, and a Dory being the big money guy or not bringing back Dalvin. But how important could have Kevin Zeitler been for this offensive line? And that was the difference between signing a guy like Kyle Rudolph who did nothing and then having Kevin Zeitler on the team. Or another interior offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's really frustrating the way this stuff Kyle Rudolph. My lasting memory of him will be him throwing his ass into the 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 skirmish, the Cowboys, walking away, seeing turning his head, seeing there's a fight, and just having zero reaction. Yeah. That will always be my lasting memory of Kyle Rudolph. I don't care yeah. how many Instagram stories he has. Um you know I, Well he should thank the Giants. They gave him a lot of money to do nothing. Like I, I would be forever in debt to the Giants if they did that to me too. Can't believe he got to wear Jeremy Shockey's number. Just kidding. That's not a big deal. Um Anything else on Kyle Rudolph? I kind of hate talking about these, like, because it's like we're revisiting old stuff, but it's, it's we're clearing cap space. No, let's move to the other guy. Well, the next one can we can talk about the future a little more. And it's Devonte Booker, who will be thirty years old this season. Uh, he who originally signed a two-year, five and a half million dollar deal was signed on the first day of free agency, <laughs> uh, the first free agency signing of the Giants, who a guy who had never rushed for a hundred yards. The 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 cut saves two point one million dollars, a million dollars of dead cap. He tied with Saquon as the leading rusher, even though he had less carries. He had uh, more receiving yards on a, a catch less than Saquon Barkley as well. So this was a signing me and you didn't like um, because it was like you can find a backup running back for a lot cheaper than this. And also, Devontae Booker had kind of never done anything in his career to get this contract, even if you thought he was better than what he has shown. Like, you were clearly overpaying for Devontae Booker. Um, and that's why you have to cut him in year two instead of him being, like, a, on a cheap, friendly team deal. Like, you know, this is, you know, he, he would have counted $3.1 million against the cap. Like, our backup running back, who had a decent year, we should be able to keep that guy. Um Do you prefer James Conner or Devontae Booker as James Conner? James Conner got a one-year, $1.75 million deal from the Cardinals. So again, mis- misallocation of resources. Day one of free agency, giving Devontae Booker a two-year, $5.5 million. When well, and like the fact James- that there's a yeah. million dollars of dead cap in this season. Like, you pushed a million dollars of dead cap into this season for the, for your backup running back, who, again, is being cut. He's being cut. And you push a million dollars of dead cap into it, and that stuff adds up. It really does. Um, you know, maybe if like you didn't have like these pushing this here, pushing this here, maybe maybe we're saying like, hey, you know what? I want to trade Saquon Barkley for a fourth round. Uh, you know, maybe maybe we're having that conversation a little more. Uh, signed on day one. So now the Giants' running back room is Saquon Barkley, Antonio Williams, Gary Brightwell, and Sandro Plaskimer. Even though Sandro Plaskimer doesn't really count. Um, because I think he can only do the 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 uh, the international like roster spot only lasts for two years. Running back's going to have to be addressed, at, right? Like yeah. whether like you said, it's bringing in the, another backup for a one million dollar deal, even though that would kind of your your then you have the one mil plus that, or adding it in the draft. Like regardless of whether you get rid of Saquon or not, like I don't think this next. Uh, Regime is going to have any value for Gary Brightwell, which is I wish we would have taken a running back who could have been played running back instead of just a special teamer last year in the sixth round. And again, I, I hate doing these bitch fest podcasts, but uh, running back is 
Loki a need. And if we trade Saquon Barkley, it's obviously a need. I hope whatever pick they trade for, if they do trade Saquon, is pit, like they use that pick on a running back. Would be ironic. They did meet with Isaiah Spiller during the combine. So that is that's that's that is one of the names that has been confirmed. And I'd be down to draft. I'd be down to sign. Um, you know, I, I I have larger aspirations for the running back room outside of cutting Devontae Booker. What do you think about the argument that Devontae Booker came in and did what he was supposed to do. He averaged 4.2 yards per carry behind a bad offensive line. He added stuff as a receiver, and he was an efficient blocker, um, which is what, which is like Devontae Booker, and we said this at the time, even though we didn't like the signing. Like He is an upgrade to Wayne Gallman. I know people love Wayne Gallman, but yeah. he was an upgrade to Wayne Gallman. He's more well-rounded. Uh, Wayne Gallman needed the volume to be a good running back. Booker didn't need that, but yeah. he also could do well on, on, with volume. He added more as a receiver. Wayne Gallman didn't add anything as a receiver and blocking. He was miles better as a blocker. You know, um, I never had a problem with Devontae Booker. Never. Yeah, like, never I think he, if there's one player, it's like, he, like you're satisfied with his season on the Giants offense, you know, outside of Andrew Thomas, it might be like Devontae Booker at two. You know, it's like, it's probably like, it's Andrew Thomas, Sterling Shepard, and then Devontae Booker. is like, for what your expectations were, you're satisfied. Yeah. And even Arguably you can argue the, too, because Shep got hurt. The only blowout that we had this year where I left MetLife Stadium early was when he had a 20-yard touchdown, and I think that was against the Panthers. He capped off that game with a 20-yard touchdown, and I went home. Word. That's important. Yeah. I, 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 a fond memory. <laughs> yeah, I know. That catch versus the Chiefs was pretty nice, too. Oh, yeah, um, and then he went up the middle of the field, and he got like a 50-yard gain, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so, again, we'll look at some free agents. That was a think- working play, by the way. That play, and the Saquon, <laughs> really bad play. That, that play of, like, running backs just, like, I don't even want to call it a screen, but it was just simply, like, Daniel Jones or whoever looking at a part of the field and then just throwing it to the running back who's, like, on the line of scrimmage. That was a play that was working for a couple weeks, and I was, like, talking about that on the show. <laughs> Oh, boy. I don't want to revisit the Saquon trade stuff much, but Dan Duggan said he's talking to sources around the league and they think a fourth round is the value, which means that when they say fourth round is the value, it means that you can get it. You probably, if they really want to, they could probably get a third rounder cool. for him. Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I do want, but I want to clarify, like when it says like, oh, people say it's around a fourth rounder. Well, it's like that means a team's going to give a third rounder for him, if that makes sense. It makes sense. Um. Now, as we get closer to a decision maybe being made, it it kind of does suck. I'm not going to do the whole Giants failed Saquon speech more than Saquon failed the Giants because Saquon definitely didn't live up to his part after um, the first year uh, year or two. Um, but it does suck that we have like this guy who could have been an amazing player at a position, and it's like this is where we are, where we are, where we're th- we're basically like throwing him. There's a chance they just like kind of just move on from for a guy for a draft pick that more likely than not, won't be an impact player. Like, there's a chance he could be, and you want more bullets. It makes sense, but it does kind of suck when you think about it in that way. Yeah, I mean, I hate to be even more Debbie Downer than you, but there are a lot of people that could have seen this exact scenario coming in 2018. And I, you know, I I don't want to say that I, fu- that I fully did. I fully predicted the future, but taking Saquon Barkley at two in 2018, especially when you don't have the rest of your team around you, this kind of end 
is inevitable. Yeah, it it, it sucks. They should, taking that number two overall was insane. And again, like let's build the offensive line. So guys like Devontae Booker, who had four, who ha- who we all said had a pretty decent season uh, behind a bad offensive line, can have really good seasons. You know, yeah. like it's. I don't feel like having the running back conversation over and over again. Um, and I will root for Saquon Barkley to do well. Um, the fan base, deservedly so, has kind of turned toxic towards him. Um, no, I mean, I, I think it's kind of split. I mean, there's a lot of people who are still very pro keeping him. And I don't blame anybody who is. I I, I really don't. Because uh, it all kind of depends on what kind of reaction you had in 2018. And whether you were adamantly against it the moment that it happened. Or you know, kind of realized this time went on. But I, I would say this fan base... Let's think about this, Bobby, because we we talk about, you know, there's different kinds of fans all the time. There's the fans that are refreshing Twitter all the time and are in it every single day. And then are the ones that are in it kind of passively. I think the average Giants fan, the average Giants fan that isn't on Twitter, that isn't all into the beat reporters and stuff like that, the average Giants fan is going to be like, why did we just trade Saquon Barkley? Even though yeah. it makes all the sense in the world, it does make all the sense in the world. But the average Giants fan, like that, that you just talk to on the street, has an everyday job, is an everyday man, common Joe. Common Joe, is that a phrase? Why did we trade Saquon Barkley? The dude hasn't been healthy. Average Joe, thank you, common Joe. What? Common man. Why did we trade Saquon Barkley? That dude's going to be like, he's been hurt. He hasn't had a good offensive line. That's what the average fan is going to be like, and that's what I have to kind of keep in my brain, back of my brain, at times too. Well, that does suck. Like, it does suck that that's, like, yeah. that's also true. Like, you know, um, you know, that's why you don't draft a running back and not take the offensive line serious. Um, right. <laughs> you know, like, it's 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 kind of like a chicken or the egg situation, even though exactly. it, it was the chicken that came first. Yeah. All um, right. I want to talk about, um, I think this is the most important piece of news that came out this week, because uh, Booker was expected, Rudolph is expected. Um, I actually laid out a nine-step plan for the Giants to get to $30 million in cap space, not including restructuring Leonard Williams or Kenny Galladay. And I'm two for two so far. Shocker. But I, in the exact order, too, Rudolph and, ba- uh, Rudolph and Booker. I have Riley Dixon and Blake Martinez as my next two. So we'll see if my plan is coming to fruition. But the news that Dunleavy put out report about Sterling Shepard. I want to talk about that, and I want to get your thoughts and... If this happens, then maybe this happens, and what what can possibly happen from there? Well, my thoughts are when Covington and Mas, uh, Masvidal step into the octagon this Saturday at UFC 272, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, I've gotten better at not saying UCF, has a knockout offer for new customers. Bet just $1 on the main event and get $100 in free bets. No matter what, could be a first-round knockout, majority draw, or double knockouts resulting in a no contest. No matter the outcome, you get paid. The whole, you know, when that when I hear double knockout resulting in a no contest, that reminds me of Evan Neal going up against Trayvon Walker. Check out that breakdown on the Talking Football channel. Wow. They, they both use their hands really well, and it's like a no contest a lot of times. An which ad a, within an ad. Which is a win for Evan Neal. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still feel the thrill of UFC 272 with DraftKings free to play pools. Everyone can enter a free pool with $10,000 in prizes. Answer a handful of questions like how long uh, how long the fight will last. 
and who will walk out a winner and follow along to track your results. Which, by the way, Danny King is Danny King needs to tell me is this a fight I should watch? Danny King is my like uh my like my mm, taste tester on like hey Love I'm that. an average I'm an average sports fan. But sometimes I like to tune in. Should I tune in for this? So let me know, Danny King. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Throw down just $1 on the UFC 272 main event and get $100 in free bets. No matter the outcome, that's code JOHNBOY. This side at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, and we don't have to read those long disclaimers anymore. Remember we had that question, like, what's going to happen when this gets bigger? It's like, nope, they just have to read, just read the freaking description, people. No, it's just uh, a lot a lot of notes in the uh, the episode notes. Uh, Tyquan Thornton ran a 4-2-1. Have you ever heard of him? Um, No, I have not. No. Okay, well, now, we, now we'll look into him. All right, so Ryan Dunleavy reported this morning that... The Giants have offered Sterling Shepard to take a pay cut, um, which would be around the league minimum, which is kind of interesting because Shep's coming off of the injury. So it's like, what is Shep going to garner as a free agent coming off the injury? Like, would it be better to stay with a team that he's comfortable with um, and then hit free agency in the next season, obviously a year older? And I don't know if I'm down for this or not. I know um, Research Rick, uh, who we gave a new nickname today, um, pointed out, well, maybe they can do uh, not expected to be earned per game incentives, you know, which would go into the 2022 or 2023 cap, um, which I don't know if I'm a fan of that pushing stuff on for a guy who's ultimately probably not going to be part of the long term uh, plan here, you know, say Shep's getting older. But I mean, if he's willing to take the vet minimum, like, yeah, like I feel like it'd kind of be a no brainer, right? You know, I know there's an extra million you got to pay. Or you know, million like million one point two million you got to pay, but it kind of seems like that that would be worth it, right? Yeah. So if they cut him, they could save four point five million, but add seven point nine nine million in dead cap. So they're going to add eight million dollars in dead cap. Now he is set to make eight point four seven five million next year, but if it is around the league minimum. With a player with at least six years of service time, it's one point zero three five million. Well, yeah, and that's why you could do like an exactly what Nate Solder did, really. Like that's what I could do. But here's the thing: I'm going to say, I don't think Sterling Shepard is going to take this. Now, I mean, the report is is that oh, the Giants asked Sterling Shepard to take a huge pay cut, not that he would be willing to take one. But I did. Did I see something today that he would be willing to take one from now, somebody he's considering serious? Considering it, someone said he's considering it, but he's to me. I, I, I do not think he's going to willing to take this. Like this is a. But cool do you think story. he could get more in the open market coming yes. off a major injury? More than one million dollars. Yes. Okay. What's his timeline injury wise? I mean, this is some. We're, I mean, he we're, could be back for week one. Okay. Lorenzo Carter. Like, think about Lorenzo Carter's timeline, and think about him being a full go in spring camps. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Or, or some, you know, or in the summer, whenever it was. I would be very down to have Sterling Shepard back. For one million dollars, and then then that then that basically means to me that Darius Slayton is almost a a bye bye. I agree, but I don't think it's going to happen. Like I don't yeah, think Shep's going to accept that. And there's a part of me that almost would rather. I want to save money, and I think the Giants right now want to save as much money as possible. I don't. I don't. I almost. 
they're not viewing 2022 as a wash, but I think they're viewing 2022 as a wash in terms of their cap situation where they just want to get in a healthy spot so they can be in a good spot for years to come, which they already are good for years to come, I think. But they're trying to set themselves up. Um, It makes more sense money-wise to obviously give him that league minimum because you save more money if he's actually on the team and you have that league minimum. But also it makes sense for the Giants just depth-wise if you get the injury-prone player kind of out the door possibly draft a wide receiver this year, bring somebody else in that can maybe be a solution in terms of depth. That also makes sense. Yeah, but it, you know, if, if he's willing to take the vet minimum, it's I I'm, I want to do it. Yeah. But I just don't think Shep is going to accept that. Like, well, I don't know why he would, you know, like I know we talk about, you know, he loves being a giant and stuff and Shep's, it's going to hurt to see Shep go, you know, like Saquon, it's going to hurt to see Shep go as well. Um, but like it's a, like it's a it's a business at the end of the day, and Shep Shep shouldn't take uh, less money than what he can get, you know. So yeah, I just it's it would be cool, but I just don't see it happening unless you did the not expected to be earned per game bonuses, which yep. I don't think they sh- I don't think which should they should do if they're clearly not if they're really trying to not push cap into the future, then they shouldn't do something like that. No. I think we're going to get out of this draft with a wide receiver too. By the way, I think we should. I think we. I think we one hundred percent should because depth is a problem at every level. And you know, you're looking at Kenny Galladay as a guy who has problems with injuries. Kadarius Tony is a guy who has problems with injuries. I think we should be adding a wide receiver, third, fourth, fifth, fifth round, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and the NFL teams have had pretty good track records, including. The Buffalo Bills with, you know, Gabriel Davis, you know, the NFL teams have had some pretty good track records of adding productive receivers on day in day two, day three. So um, I'm looking forward to doing exactly that. Hopefully this draft season, like I think they should have in 2020, um, like the Juwan Jennings of the world, the Tyler Johnson's of the world. Um, I could be getting the draft classes wrong, but those guys are day two, day three draft picks um, that we like, you know, we're just sitting home and we like these guys and, they're productive for their respective teams. Giant stories. It's a segment where we uh, look at the Giants players' Instagram stories. We get to know them. We got a little questions about why are you doing this? Because it's fun. It's fun to kind of get to know these guys. It's it's a personality-driven show. Yeah, and also, I this was a Bobby idea segment, and I really do like this because these guys have personalities, and they are people. And this, they're not just athletes that, you know, have receptions, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, fumbles, tackles, sacks. They're, they're people too. And I kind of like that we highlight that. Does this segment make it harder when we cut guys, though? Oh, 100%. Because then it's the whole clicking the unfollow on Instagram thing that you ceremoniously do. It was very fun to do the Kyle Rudolph, I will say. It was very fun to hit unfollow. <laughs> Post a lot of Instagram stories, and I literally never care about any of them. So it was a, it was definitely a fun unfollow for Kyle Rudolph. Wow. And Booker is a boring Instagram follow. He's just a boring person in general. Um, like the most low-key person ever. So that, that one didn't hurt. Shep's going to hurt, though. Shep is going to hurt. <sighs> Cue the music. Leonard Williams was down in Miami at a wealth summit. He loves going to those, and he was spearfishing. Blake Martinez was at the zoo. Colin Gillespie was fishing on a boat, and, and, and he was practicing long snapping. Apparently, he's the backup long snapper. 
Billy Price was uh, is on vacation in Maui, which is in Hawaii. Matt Parrott was at a Rangers game with Blake Martinez, who was at the zoo. Blake Martinez being very busy. Is he enjoying his final days of the New York life? We don't know. And Corey Cunningham maybe had the best one of all. He was a mystery reader for a class, and he was asking them the students for their snacks, and specifically a, uh, a Swiss roll, and then took uh, this little girl's Swiss roll. Justin, what, uh, what piques your interest? Corey Cunningham takes food from children. Headline? Go if if it's still up, go look at his Instagram story, uh, people. It's actually really funny. Like I don't think he actually took it, but like he's like he was there. You know, like there's a mystery reader thing. Sure. There's like like some famous people they come yes. and read to the class. You know, um. So it's like, hey, and his voice is so deep. Like, hey, y'all got any snacks? <laughs> like, hey, hey, y'all, y'all, got, who, who got snacks? What you yes, got? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got. She's like, I got, chi- I got chips. Anybody got a Swiss roll? Anybody- <laughs> I do. Oh, let me get that. And then some girl's like, Are "You joking?" Like, "Nah, nah. Give me that. Give me that Swiss roll." Um, that's a actually- beautiful plan. I want to go and get free snacks. Let me read to children. Take the snacks from them. We know some teachers that are listeners of this podcast. It's a little scary. Um, <laughs> I would love to be a mystery reader. I was a teacher. You should have had me as a mystery reader, but you did high school. You don't. They don't yeah. do mystery readers. High school for high boys, school. no, not fun. I would love to be a mystery reader for any of those any teachers out there. Um, which is it's I sometimes weirds me out when I think about our listeners. Like we know there's lawyer, like like lawyers that list. Like there's a lot. Like think I always think about like the you know the jobs of people. It's like they like there's one show I listen to that's like a comedy show and it's kind of out there. And it's like, they'll have like call-ins and they'll be like, I'm a teacher. And it's like the things they're saying. It's like, I can't believe you teach children. Let me just say it. Tim Coffey is a teacher. Like that blows my mind. He shouldn't be allowed to teach children, but it is what it is. It does blow our mind. Um, and there's other teachers in the community as well. Maybe they're probably better suited than Tim Coffey. How did I um, teach for an entire year? Um, I have another one. The second one that, so, that didn't Some of your students mind. like recognize you. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Um, yeah, some it was particularly one, and then we there was a freshman, incoming freshman this year that is in the center in which I worked. That I actually bought him some merch, and I sent it over to my friend who worked, um, you know, Renato Rodriguez. I sent I sent it to his house so he can bring it to the kid, and he and he, and he loved it. Um, but yeah, there was Weirdo. one student in particular that like recognized me. It's like, is this you? Your Instagram? I'm like, yeah. Um. The second giant story that sticks out to me, I always like this to hear who who hangs out with who. Did not expect Matt Parrott and Blake Martinez to be chilling together. Well, I know Matt Parrott's a hockey guy. Like he was at a bunch of the Islanders hockey games last year during okay. the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think Blake. Mar- I think everyone kind of just likes Blake, and Blake likes to go do things, and he'll like, hey, want to like you want to do this or something. Um, but Matt Parrott's more of a bro than you would realize. I think. You're kind of bros with Matt Parrot. No, but I'm just saying a bro. Oh, a bro. Yeah. And um, I don't want to say we're anyways. Blake Martinez was also at the zoo. I which I went to the zoo for the first time in a long time on, what zoo? on Sunday. The Bronx. It didn't say, but I was at the Brevard Zoo. Funny fun fact about Brevard County. Um, I just read a story about how. Somebody got arrested in Brevard County today on Simple Man Radio. 
throwing cookies. Check out Simple Man Radio for that. Um, but the zoo, the zoo's actually a really good time. I love going to the zoo, even though I hadn't been there in 10 years. I'm a little pissed off because I didn't realize the giraffes kind of leave the area where you can touch them at a certain time. So we went, like, that was the last place we went. And it was like, yeah, they're, they're not going to come up here anymore. So I was a little pissed off by that. How does it feel to be the same height as a giraffe? You're a giraffe. Um, that's Zing! A, yeah. I, I love giraffes. I always call them Jeffrey. If I had a giraffe, if I, I'm a big, like, name a pet after a famous thing of that animal. Yes. So, like, if I had a giraffe, I would name it Jeffrey. When I was in the YMCA as a child in a summer camp, I rode horses. I was very good. And my horse was named Appy the Appaloosa. Hence why my dog, who sits on my face, his name is Mikey. The breed name is Mickey. Mikey the Mickey. And I like that. I like that shit. Naming it after the breed. I had goldfishes and I named them Orangey after... Excuse me? I named them Orangey after Ricky and Trailer Park Boys. Orgy. Orangey. Mm. Orangey. I heard the formal. Blair Stewart in the chat says he's an author of four children's books. I kind of want to read those, to be honest. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> um, all right, Justin, let's finish off. Is there anything else you want to hit on? I know you want to talk about maybe some of the combine meetings. Yeah, I mean, th- this is just what we know. Um, it's nothing, like, official. The Giants, as a football team and every football team, uh, they get to meet with 45 players 20 minutes, 20 minutes each during the combine. And as of March 3rd, 8.50 p.m., here's what we know. Uh, The Giants have had formal meetings with uh, Trey McBride, tight end, Greg Dulcich, tight end from UCLA, Trey McBride from Colorado State. They've had a formal meeting with Tyler Linderbaum, informal meeting with QB Matt Corral, uh, Jack Cohen, I believe from Notre Dame, both QBs, unspecified meetings, Traylon Burks is a wide receiver, O-lineman Zion Johnson, who we really like, offensive lineman Charles Cross, which makes me worried, offensive tackle Luke Fortner, and running back Isaiah Spiller. And those are the meetings that at least we know of right now. And uh, Bobby was talking to me before the show. And it's basically why we know of these meetings is the media asks, hey, did you meet with the Giants? Yes, I did. And then we've recorded them. Or I shouldn't say we. Dan Benton, our friend from the Giants Wire, has an active blog going on right now of uh, prospect meetings scorecard. Which check that out. Yeah, definitely check that out. Um, I hope they trade back, man. Like a lot of these guys are like in the trade yeah. back territory. Like, I really... If if Equanu and Neil um aren't there at five, I want them to trade out of five because then I know you're going to get a great player at seven, most likely. I want them to trade out of five. What about um if so? So here's the thing. I'm really rooting for Kyle Hamilton to go um before in top four. I'm really rooting for him to go because then I think that'll be one of the players that we like will fall. Um, but if not. Then yes, I am with you with five. But what? So you said if Aquano and Neil, this is so early. I hate that I'm even asking you this question. If Aquano or Neil are gone, but Thibodeau is there, do you still want to trade out of five? Yes, because I like Ahmad Gardner from Cincinnati a lot. There's then there's there's Kenyon like there's guys I like more Hell, than I, him. I, there's even other no, but I'm saying that like I feel really good about my first round pick. If those, if I get like a mod, if I get okay. a mod Gardner at seven, you know, um, I, I would rather have Kayvon Thibodeau than a mod Gardner, but I feel better about a trade out. Yeah. And I feel like a priority for the Giants this draft season should be 
to continuing to garner draft capital. So when you're in a position where you want to get a quarterback, you will have the draft ammo to go up and trade up and get that quarterback without putting yourself at too much of a deficit in years to come. That's the, that's my thinking right now. Yeah, that's, I, I, I'm less into the like, oh, get the draft capital to trade up for a QB and more so I just want the draft capital. Well, that's why I think it's important because the Giants aren't a situation where they're looking at getting a quarterback. If Daniel Jones was in his second or his third year, it's a different story. But Daniel Jones, you know, we talked about this a couple episodes. He's probably as, you know, I I say there's a 90% chance that he has one year left. I am 100% thinking about what what are we going to do at quarterback? Like that needs to be part, that needs to be very much part of Joe Shane's vision right now, the Giants' vision. Like what are they doing at quarterback? So I'm, I am thinking about it. Okay. All right, do you got anything else? I, it's a short episode, but I feel like that's okay. We did three this week. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, everybody have a good weekend. Um, we're going to be doing some fun things this weekend in New Jersey, Bobby not included, but um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna you'll hopefully you'll see that very soon. We're we've been working hard on it, and uh, we'll have a we'll actually have a combine roundup on Tuesday. Maybe depending on what kind of news happens. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you uh, on Tuesday again. Have yourself a have yourself a a really good weekend. Enjoy your weekend. I know I'm going to enjoy mine, so you guys enjoy yours. We appreciate you. Teach those youths out there. You know, get them youths right for all the teachers in our crowd. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Tuesday. Until then, let's go big blue.